Jim Cameron, Jim Cameron Consulting, broadcasting from the Fountainhead, the home of Synergy Billing in Holly Hill, and I'm your host for Volusia Matters, news and interviews and matters that impact Volusia County directly or indirectly. Now let's get started with some news. Volusia Coastal Construction approved to begin after May 1st. Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission has provided the county with guidance regarding coastal construction activities after May 1st for private property owners who have received coastal construction control line permits from the Department of Environmental Protection. Previously, private property owners who had not begun construction by May 1st would not have been permitted to begin their coastal armament project until November 1st, the end of turtle nesting season. Private property owners who have obtained a DEP permit and have already begun or will begin construction before May 1st may continue as long as permit conditions continue to be met. Residents should follow all conditions outlined within DEP and local permits. For more information regarding beach recovery efforts and to sign up for their recovery newsletter, visit volusia.org slash beach recovery. Moving on to the legislative session, the Senate approved their tax package that includes sales tax holidays along with tax breaks on baby and toddler products, Energy Star appliance, oral hygiene products, and gas stoves. Senate Bill 7062 would mean $973 million in tax savings next fiscal year. Meanwhile, the House proposed a $1.38 billion tax package last week. Differences will be worked out over the next few weeks as the House and Senate negotiate a budget for fiscal year 2023-24. Now the largest part of the Senate plan is a three-month sales tax holiday for shoppers that buy boating, camping supplies, kids' athletic equipment, an estimated $229 million compared to a similar House proposal totaling an estimated $231 million. Now, both proposals include a 14-day back-to-school sales tax holiday on clothes, school supplies, learning aids, and many personal computers, plus a 14-day tax holiday on disaster preparedness supplies around the start of hurricane season 
on laundry detergent, fabric softener, toiletries, pet supplies, and other products. In Tallahassee the other day, I spoke with Senate Fiscal Policy Chair Travis Hudson. Senator, could we get some comments from you on the bill? Yeah, this morning we were in the Senate Finance and Tax passed pass the package. It's a pretty robust package. Um, we're still negotiating with the House, as the chairman said, uh, but a lot of good things for the taxpayers of Florida, uh, a, lot of, a lot of good kickbacks, uh, sales tax holidays, uh, stuff like that, so people can uh, buy some items and, and save, save on their, their tax dollars. Other bills of note, Senate Bill 302, Government and Corporate Activism, legislation to limit the ability of Florida financial institutions to make investment decisions based on environmental, social, and corporate governance standards. This bill was substituted for House Bill 3 and a vote will come before the full Senate this week. Another bill, House Bill 121, Florida Kid Care Program Eligibility, increases the income eligibility threshold for coverage under the Florida Kid Care Program. This passed the House last week and is up for a full Senate vote soon. Next item, candidate updates. Newly filed candidates for Congress, House District 7, include Rep Republican Corey Mills and Democrat Alec Pastrana. Now, for other currently filed candidates, see my newsletter. Next item. The county's affordable housing committee met last week where they discussed how to implement strategies to initiate new attainable housing projects in unincorporated areas of the county. These recommendations came from the affinity committees that were developed at the County's Affordable Housing Summit, December 2021. Moving on to the cities, you heard me mention last week about the Port Orange Riverwalk Complex. Here's Mayor Don Burnett to comment. We're here with Port Orange Mayor Don Burnett. Don, heard a lot of news about the new riverfront project that y'all are working out down there in Port Orange. So can you tell us a little bit about details about the project? Absolutely. Bristol Development Group was one of six applicants that we chose uh, about a year ago to develop uh, the southern portion of Riverwalk, the, the, the southern 10 to 12 acres down there. Uh, we are going to sell the city portion them and they are acquiring the remaining properties down there they've actually closed on one of them so that they uh, what was initially going to be a 96 million dollar investment is now over a 200 million dollar investment 
Wow. Uh, that's it's significant down there, and we're going to see elements in them. They're including residential, commercial. Uh, we'll see uh, mixed use. We will see number of restaurants. But the biggest feature that I'm looking forward to is the civic waterfront along the uh, walkway that uh, is going to be expanded down there. <coughs> and that civic waterfront is going to include a, a, a performance pavilion, uh, an event lawn, and a number <coughs> of amenities down there that uh, we'll be able to do uh, and use for all sorts of things. The, the, the potential's just uh, terrific down there. And I think that the public will come to be able to uh, enjoy that, uh, be able to go down to the water just to see it and feel it and feel a different energy and a different vibe, being able to dine and then go see performances uh, and all sorts of recreation opportunities. It's a terrific opportunity and I can't wait in the next year we should see them being breaking ground. Great, looking forward to it. Thanks, Jim. Moving on to Congress, the debt ceiling. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy will hold a debt ceiling vote in the coming weeks, which could determine whether the U.S. economy averts a catastrophic default. Now, McCarthy will have to unite the Republican conference around his plan, which includes limiting future spending to 1% for 10 years, to cut current spending to 2022 levels, and to include work requirements for Medicaid and food stamp programs. Now, the Biden administration and top Democrats want to raise the ceiling, the debt ceiling, without any such requirements. McCarthy believes Republicans have the necessary 218 votes to raise the debt ceiling, but it's also said that 16 of the 222 House Republicans have never voted to raise the debt ceiling. Stay tuned. Some events coming up. The 2023 Housing, Fair, and Financial Clinic to include HUD counselors, realtors, lenders, insurance agents, title companies will be Saturday, this Saturday, April 29th, 10 a.m., 2 p.m., Allen Chapel, A.M.E. Church, 580 George Ingram Boulevard, Daytona Beach. And now for our interview with County Council Member David Santiago. And before we interview today's guest, I'd like to put in a word about Fountainhead. Jason Myers Headquarters Campus in Holly Hill for Synergy Billing. This facility is on the site of the old Holly Hill Middle School, 1200 Center Avenue, just north of LPGA Boulevard. Synergy Billing, a medical billing and coding company, is just one segment of Fountainhead, and there's more to come, so stay tuned. And now for today's guest. David Santiago was recently elected 
as the District 5 representative on Volusia County Council. Now that's part of DeBerry, all of Deltona, and the incorporated areas of Enterprise and Osteen. Now he previously served on in the Florida House of Representatives 2012-2020 and held numerous posts and served on key committees. He was always so hospitable up there and I enjoyed watching his work in committees. He was a great negotiator. Now David graduated Brentwood High School up in New York and also trained at Long Island Metro Center of Business and Insurance. He served in the U.S. Army Reserves, and he and his wife, Emma, live in Deltona with their three children. David, sure glad to have you with us today. Thank you, Jim. Look forward to it. Happy to discuss a few important issues with you today, too. Um, are you enjoying the council so far? I know y'all you got back on just you came on back in january and so uh are you enjoying the council so far i am you know it's a little bit of a, a adjusting and i think a few times I've, I've i've used the word uh representative referencing my colleagues so i'm still programmed in that uh that speech format i guess but yeah. um we, we got a great group up there um you know we're having some great conversations on some important issues so um it's a, it's a little bit of a transition from the legislative process but i, I am enjoying it yes well, good, good. Uh, last year, I know that county staff, they prepared an affordable housing report and a set of recommendations. And uh, those were adopted by county council. But Dave, how do you see the need for affordable housing here in Volusia County? Are, 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 we, are we making progress, you think? Yeah, you know, the, the, the need and the, or the struggle with affordable housing is real. Um, I, I acknowledge it, identify it, I've seen it. Um, there's a lot more discussion that's happening about it. Um, and just recently, the legislature, I think, passed Senate Bill 102, I believe is the number, yep. um, which means that legislature, the governor signed it right away, seeing that there are challenges to affordable housing and creating it. And what they did was they removed barriers. And, and, and in addition to some additional tax credits and, and opportunities to have some financial savings for investors that want to build affordable housing. So it's it's getting a lot more attention. You know, for the county, yes, there's been discussion over a couple of years now. Um, I've met with our team that you know, the community affairs that deals with that and they are getting creative. Uh, they've initiated some programs with building some homes, but it's still very small scale. Um, I, I've been an advocate for uh continuing to remove barriers that uh, make the cost of housing so expensive. You know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of elected officials talk about wanting affordable housing um, and they understand that the cost is relative to what the final price for the tenants are going to be or if somebody is buying a home. Well, when government puts so many barriers or obstacles or or fees in the way, that just is an uptick, a continuous uptick in, in the cost to attain affordable housing. So, um, so I, I want to be an advocate for uh, one, you know, how do we continue to make it more simpler to work with government, which means less costly? How do we transition to making projects quicker, which also equals to the cost of a project? So the longer it goes, the more it costs. 
Um, and then also looking to see where, where, when it makes sense, do we partner and say, well, you know what, these fees may not be applicable to you because we, we want to uh, make it attainable. So it needs to be driven in the private sector, but as a partnership from the public sector, um, not necessarily with always just throwing money at it. That's not the only answer. So that's where I think. Well, appreciate that, though. I, all right. Uh, another issue that facing the county, infrastructure. County roads in particular. Uh, I know we got a backlog, but uh, do you feel, are we, are we catching up? And, you know, and can we impact our fee way out of, you know, our way out of this or what other funding think, sources? Yeah, I don't think we can impact fee our way out of this. I mean, certainly that's an element to it. I mean, there's over a thousand people a day that are moving to the state of Florida, right? So that's the reality. Um, and, you know, impact fees are a piece of it. Um, and I believe that, you know, uh, to, to a certain extent, or it, we need to find ways for some of these bigger developments to be more community partners, right? You know, ultimately they're private investors, so they're looking at their return, but we need to encourage them also to be the community partners, right? Um, and so, you know, there's also the challenge of the, the gasoline tax, which funds a lot of these infrastructural road projects, I'll say. Um, that continues to be diminished as more and more electric vehicles go online. I know the legislature's had conversations for that. How do they, they account for that, for, for usage on the roads? So those dollars keep diminishing. Um, but I don't think we're quite at the point. I think we're, you're going to see more and more critical state for, um, you know, how we keep up with the maintaining or adding roads. I mean, the the legislature, again, I have to say that, but recently just uh, put in a lot of money into state roads and you know, the highway systems with some interchanges. So it's been a great um, year fiscally for the state. And they've sent a lot of money through DOT to here in, in, the, in the local area. Volusia has been a big recipient of that. So that's a great thing. Um, hopefully the economies can get strong, stay strong, um, and, you know, they'll have to address this gasoline tax or the left of the, the, the reduction in it because all those monies go back into roads. So, and then when it comes to infrastructure, you know, there's, a, there's some old and failing infrastructure that we need to identify better, you know, examples of this recent floodings that we had in certain areas. So we got to, if it's in a, if it's in a county area, we have to address it and then, uh, and fix it. And in these cities areas, we got to encourage them, find ways how we can possibly uh, support them and encourage them to start doing some of these changes. Because that next big storm or storms is coming. We just don't know when, <laughs> but it's yeah. coming. It's coming and we can't uh, fail and say we didn't fix it and when we knew about it. Okay. Okay. Uh, listen, you remember your legislative days up there in Tallahassee. I do. <laughs> and... Uh, I believe the legislature, they just have passed this week their, their halfway mark. And any particular issues that you see that the county is looking at this session in Tallahassee? Well, we're always looking at some of the uh, the funding uh, opportunities that we have. We have a few projects out there. Uh, I can't remember the exact titles of them, but there are a few projects in there that we're trying to get funding for. Uh, I think uh, most of them are, are in place still to possibly get approved into the state budget that. And then, you know, the, uh, the, the newest topic is this whole uh, beach safety thing that's happening, right? The um, how a bill that was created to fix a problem in Miami-Dade County 
um, affects uh, our services here in Volusia County. So yep. there have been articles printed on it, op-eds printed on it. Uh, it's something that the county council is going to have to deal with if it passes. Um, and um, it's, uh, uh, it, it's a difficult one because um, the, you know, the county council has a responsibility to the, our current employees to make sure that they are looked after, um, make sure that they have a voice. Um, and that's regardless of department. I've been an advocate for everyone should have a voice and have their day to make their case. So um, if that bill passes, then uh, that's going to make some big changes on, on law enforcement on the beach and how the county prepares for that. And at our last county council meeting, I, I made the statement that the level of service on the beach is dependent on the council. We're the ones that dictate what type of service we want on the beach. Now we're going to have to work with some of our partners, right. Um, to accomplish that. But Ultimately, it's, it's a decision that we would make um, to, to ensure that we deliver what Volusians expect, right? And also our tourists, because that beach, those beaches are very important to us economically. So, um, you know, there'll be a lot of conversations happening uh, as we go. In some cases, tensions are high, um, but none of this is personal. It's about making sure we go about it the right way uh, and making sure that all the gaps are covered if the bill passes or if it doesn't pass. But we have a responsibility as a county council to um, look at all angles um, and options to make sure that um, our people get what they need. Okay. Okay. Appreciate that. Um, county council, this current year, fiscal year, you have a $376 million general fund budget. And I know Aaron and Ryan, they've done a fantastic job in keeping you know everybody up to date and informed on those budget figures. But you're soon, you're soon going to have to restart the process again for the next fiscal year, 23 and 24. Mm -hmm. Any particular thing that you would like to see funded in next year's budget or any challenges you see in next year's budget? You know, the chat, the one big challenge that we're going to have is, you know, Sunrail, that that big price tag is coming before us this yep. upcoming year, from what I understand. It's anywhere from nine to ten million dollars that we're going to have to um, fund based on the commitment that the county has on Sunrail. Um, so, you know, how does that um, get funded? Where does it come from? Um, how does the ultimate final number um, for what our millage rate is going to be? As it pertains to that, um, you know, I, I think infrastructure projects are where we should prioritize uh, this upcoming budget. People have an expectation for us to do that. Um, there are certain, you know, competing responsibilities or priorities, but I think at the high, one of the highest priorities needs to be infrastructure repair and investment. Um, uh, but it's going to be a, a, a tough one. Um, you know, some continue to discuss about are we going to go to rollback? And I'm sure as, as it gets closer, that's going to be more and more discussed. Are we going to not go to rollback and what that equals? So um, a lot of demands for funding. And um, we have to decide, you know, wh where we get that money from and how do we collect it? So that's going to be a, a tough, tough, some tough, a lot of tough decisions are going to be coming before us over the next few months and, and find out also, I'm, I'm not opposed to cutting things, Jim. Yeah. Um, I, I, I've identified, you know, personally a couple things. Um, one of them, I, I certainly said publicly in one of our, our 
county council meetings. Um, one particular, I'm not afraid to say it again, the Volusia Growth Management Commission. Um, you know, I learned a few weeks ago that we're spending somewhere around $150,000 a year on a committee that really, in my opinion, adds no value for Volusians. It's a duplicative government. Um, I know it's in our charter, so I'm, I'm, I'm researching ways to see how do we save money uh, and eliminate or restrict uh, uh, a layer of bureaucracy um, that only costs investors money, but it also duplicates services and it costs taxpayers money. Um, it's a unique product of Volusia that we don't need. 66 other counties, and I can't say everyone doesn't have one, but I'll just say sure. 66 counties um, don't have something that is of this additional layer and we don't need it also. So that's, you know, that's $145,000 there, right? Um, where do we put it? So I believe there's going to be opportunities for us to do uh, reasonable uh, cutbacks in certain areas. Okay. okay. We owe it to the taxpayers to do that research. Um, and, and that's the job I'm going to do. That's what I was elected for. Well, no, sure. Appreciate that there. Dave, any closing comments that you'd like to give us? I'll just say, you know, if folks, you know, watch, uh, if you get a chance, you know, the county council meeting, get engagement. There was a the initiative to change one of our meetings is held in the evening. And um, uh, I, I am uh, generally supportive of the evening meetings. So there was a, a push to do it. Uh, and, and the purpose was for folks to have more engagement and, and participation. Um, I will tell you to this point yet, that has yet to come to fruition. So I want to encourage people, if you want to see uh, your county government in action, come participate or come view in, in person in the meetings. Um, so that we can sustain that evening uh, uh, type of thing. So it's uh, it's continued outreach and support. The county council has been doing a lot of talking and debating, and I think that's healthy. Some have said we talk too much, and in some cases that's true. Maybe myself too. I'll, I'll, I've been guilty of that. <laughs> um, but it's a new council, and uh, I think everybody's trying to get a feel of each person's you know philosophies, priorities, or or uh, <laughs> hot buttons, right? There you um, go. But I think ultimately um, we're making some good progress and having some good discussions. So I'm happy to be a part of it. Well, Dave, we sure appreciate you joining us today, though, and look forward to meeting with you again. I believe you are meeting, what, next Tuesday, the 18th? Tuesday, yep. The meeting starts at uh, 10 a.m., I believe. And then, by the way, we changed the meetings also. We're going to start the day ones a little earlier, starting at 9 a.m., I think, the following meeting, I believe, the following day meeting. Okay. David, thank you ever so much. We'll certainly be in touch. All right, buddy. Take care. Have a good day. And again, I'd like to thank today's guest, County Councilman David Santiago, for joining us. And I want to again announce that as of this minute, the U.S. debt stands at $31.6 trillion, and it's growing by the minute. Now look for a new podcast episode to be released next week. And the views expressed on this podcast may or may not necessarily express the opinions of Jim Cameron Consulting. And for more news, check out my newsletter, which is emailed each month. And if you're not receiving it, just call me at 566-2140. And if I miss your call and not return it in eight business hours, 
I'll pay you $1,000. And listen for my seven-minute legislative recap broadcast this Friday, April 21st, where I'll focus on bills in the House and Senate. And also, I'd like to get your feedback on this podcast, so please answer my survey attached. And press the like and subscribe buttons. It sure helped me. Now, before I close, I'd like to commend County Community Services Director Donna Butler and her team in putting together a superb report and set of recommendations for attainable housing. I've worked with this group before And I got to say, this was their best product. And it's probably why HUD chose Volusia County for their grant funds. Now, this is Jim Cameron signing off, saying peace, love, and roll tide.